Diamond in the Rough, episode 21. Sam Ostrowski here with you once again. Gonna fly solo for this episode. Uh, plenty of things to talk about. We'll get into in just a second. If you haven't already, uh, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Diamond Podcast or send us an email, Diamond in the Rough Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Love to hear all your questions about whatever it might be, uh, some of the trades that just went down or about just your team in general, or about farm systems, whatever you want to ask us, go ahead and shoot it that way, or give us a like on Facebook, just type in Diamond in the Rough Podcast, and we will be right there, and of course, speaking of our Facebook, I just did a live video on the trade deadline day to discuss all the trades that had gone gone down up to that point, and discuss my feelings about them, and how I thought they, you know, winners, losers, or even trades or you know all my all my this that and other things so go ahead and watch that video and comment your thoughts or your questions uh but of course i was running a little late for work so i had to end the video probably a minute or two before the trade deadline finished and of course what happened a minute before the trade deadline ended you darvish was traded one of the bigger trades uh for this deadline goes down before i could even talk about it so if you want to hear my thoughts on the majority of all the other trades, go watch that video. Let me know what you think, because I'm only going to discuss a few right now since I already got into it in that live video. Uh, but again, I would love to hear from you and love to hear your thoughts and questions about uh, the, my thoughts or the trades that went down. But of course, let me get right into it in this episode. You Darvish traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers. We knew the Dodgers were going to be in the running for one of those big starting pitchers, whether it was going to be Sonny Gray, you Darvish, or Justin Verlander. Of course, then the reports came out that Verlander, the Tigers were asking a little too much. And of course, he costs a lot of money if you're going to get him. So he stays put. He stays in Detroit. Sonny Gray, the Yankees, go ahead and get him. Talked a lot about him and that trade in the live video and my thoughts on that. Uh, they nab uh, top prospects in Jorge Mateo and others. So go ahead. And like I said, watch that live video on the if you want to hear about the Yankees trade. But you Darvish traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers. And of course, obviously... This is exactly what the Dodgers needed. They needed to add another arm. They added a couple bullpen arms, uh, including Tony Watson as well. So the Dodgers definitely winners at the trade deadline, I would say, because also what I want to get into is the prospects they gave up. Who the hell did they give up? Do they still have a good farm system? The answer to that is yes. They didn't give up any of their big-time names. Well, they got rid of Willie Calhoun uh, for the U Darvish trade, who I'll get into in just a second here. But I, I want to go out there and discuss how the Dodgers managed to keep their two biggest guys in Walker Buehler and Alex Verdugo. Those are their top two prospects right now. They managed to keep both of them. Uh, they were very strict in saying that they wanted to keep those players. They think that they're going to have an impact for their team sooner or later. And they managed to still pull off these big trades with other talent. Now, that being said... The three prospects to go in the U Darvish trade were Willie Calhoun, AJ Alexi, and Brendan Davis. The biggest name being Willie Calhoun, a name that you've probably heard before. Um, now is in the Texas Rangers system. Uh, 22 years old, is a second baseman slash outfielder, if you will. Spends most of his time at second base currently. It really has become a power hitter as of late. Currently has 23 home runs and 100 games played in AAA. So the Texas Rangers uh, waste no time. They put him straight into their their uh, AAA system and they'll let him start to brew. And the Rangers begin their rebuild process. Some might not consider it one. I do. I think this was the first move for the Rangers to realize that 
their World Series run is is over. They ha- they made a couple, unfortunately, couldn't pull out one of the any victories, and um, to grab a World Series championship. So here they are, back to square one. We'll see what they do with guys like Adrian Beltre and so forth from here on out. But they get a good name in Willie Calhoun. It, he's a like I said, he's a good power hitter, a good overall hitter. I like what he brings offensively to the game. Uh, doesn't strike out a lot. His strikeout rate is one of the better ones in the minors, 49 Ks to 36 walks, and, and again, 100 games played. So, or excuse me, 50 strikeouts. Uh, my only complaint about Willie Calhoun would probably be on his defense. He is a second baseman currently. He really doesn't have the speed to make electric plays. You know, he it, it takes him an extra half second to get to the ball. Um, not exactly what you want out of your infielders, which is why. A MLB pipeline predicts this, and I think that they're right on when they say he is going to eventually be an outfielder. Uh, he's spent some time in left field, so maybe the Rangers put him there. But second base, not really where he should probably be. Uh, it's not like he has any gold gloves in his future or anything like that. So put him in the outfield where he could be an average defender at best is what you're hoping, of course, uh, and let his offense speak for itself because in the future, Willie Calhoun could definitely be you know, a middle-of-the-order guy who hits 20-plus uh, home runs in a year and hopefully could bat over a 280 and doesn't strike out too much. You know, he's a guy who's going to constantly make contact. So Willie Calhoun is the big get in this for the Rangers, and especially since we've seen how you Darvish is a rental, if you don't know. Uh, his contract expires at the end of this season. He so And he's going to cost a pretty penny. We know that because he's a great talent. And I'm sure the Dodgers won't hesitate to give it up if they have to. They've got the money. Magic Johnson isn't afraid to to say, yeah, throw down the cash. He wants to win a World Series title, as he just said the Dodgers would do for this season. If you didn't see that video, uh, he pretty much promised Los Angeles that they were bringing a World Series ring to uh, to Los Angeles this season. Well, but to be determined on that. Anyways, Willie Calhoun is a good get because you Darvish being a rental, we see that teams aren't giving up as much for rentals. They want more control of a player, which totally makes sense doing a trade. You know, it's a different ball game these days. Uh, we just saw that with the J.D. Martinez trade. His contract ends at the end of the year, and the Diamondbacks didn't need to give up much to get him. However, the Rangers got a little more in return, which, again, it does make sense to me because you Darvish is an all-star pitcher, a starting pitcher who's really going to help the Dodgers make a World Series run. So it, it does make sense they had to give up a little more, but they still didn't have to give up their top two guys. As I mentioned, Walker Bueller or Alex uh, Verdugo, they, they didn't have to give up either one of those guys. And instead, they give up Willie Calhoun, which doesn't really hurt them that much, along with, if you want me to get into them, A.J. Alexi, the right-hander. He's probably just going to be a future bullpen for you, uh, bullpen guy for you. He's currently a, a starter in single A. Uh, He's 19 years old, has plenty of time before he's going to even make the majors. Who knows? Maybe he's a back-of-the-rotation guy. Um, An 11th-round pick in 2016. Uh, Nothing too special, nothing to go uh, writing home about, about A.J. Alexi. But could be a good guy in the bullpen. We'll see. Uh, It's really too early to tell about someone like him, about where he could possibly be or, you know, what he's going to mean to the Rangers. And then pretty much the same story with the third prospect they got in uh, Brendan Davis. Uh, again, another infielder. What I like about him is that he's a utility infielder. You know, he could play, you know, around the horn pretty much from first to third. I would trust him. I mean, first base is the only one I, I wouldn't necessarily put him, but I'm sure he could do it if he had to, of course. 
Uh, but second, short, or third, you can expect him to be there. Uh, his offensive game needs to come around. He's a slightly below average hitter, both contact-wise and power-wise, uh, and just another guy to get in, uh, hopefully, Brew, considering he's only 20 years old, drafted in 2015 in the fifth round. So the Rangers get two guys that they hope they can coach up and could hopefully be a part of their major league team in about, say, two or three seasons. But Willie Calhoun is the big get out of that. Uh, and I do like the trade for both teams, if, if I have to give you my overall thoughts on it. Of course, the Dodgers, I said it, they needed starting pitching, and they, they win the trade deadline. They win the uh, the U Darvish sweepstakes instead of the Sonny Grace sweepstakes. And uh, personally, as far as who I think the better pitcher is, I do believe U Darvish is a better pitcher than Sonny Gray, but Sonny Gray comes with the control. So it just depends as a team what you're looking for. And I think the Yankees makes more sense for Sonny Gray. And I think the Dodgers makes more sense for you, Darvish. So those are my thoughts on that. Again, if you want to hear my thoughts on some of the other trades that went down, go watch that live video on our Facebook page. Like us up, share it, do whatever you got to do. Moving on, though, what I really want to get into in this episode is MLB Pipeline. They updated their, their they always do a midseason top 100. So, of course, they, they come out with the top 100 prospect list at the beginning of the season. Um, and then halfway through the season, right after the All-Star break, they always redo it because plenty thing, plenty of things happen, and including the MLB draft. This is where everyone from the 2017 MLB draft is finally incorporate, included rather in the top 100 list, uh, which knocks a number of names off the list. And, of course, there's other guys who are deserving who get the call up and they move up on the list. And I, I want to go over, go over all of it, the, the, the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, let's start by, don't know if anyone recognized this. I'm sure you did. But the interesting thing about the top 11 players on this new top 100 list is that they are all hitters. You can't find any pitchers in the top 11. The first pitcher to come up is at number 12 of Michael Kopik of the Chicago White Sox. And then you get a string of pitchers that follow, including Walker Bueller at 13 and Brent Honeywell at 14. Now, does this necessarily mean something? Not, not really anything besides the fact that there just happens to be more special young talent hitting-wise instead of pitching-wise right now. Uh, I don't think I, we need to take it, take anything more out of that than what it is. Uh, I'll go ahead and just go ahead and read the names right now. If you haven't heard, this is 1 through 11 right here. I want to give you all the, the hitting prospects uh, that have made the top 11. Yohan Moncada, number one still. Uh, Med Rosario, number two of the New York Mets. He leapfrogs Glebar Torres, who is now number three of the New York Yankees. Uh, Rafael Devers is, stands at number four with the Boston Red Sox. We just saw he got called up and has been doing great ever since he's gotten called, even though they, uh, the Red Sox also made that trade for Nunez with the San Francisco Giants. Uh, expect Devers to get some good playing time in the second half of this season. He already has two home runs already, betting over a 400. Uh, but, of course, a small sample size. He's only played in seven games so far. Uh, number five, this guy makes a good jump. Uh, Victor Robles of the Washington Nationals, who I'm almost surprised they didn't trade considering the Nationals aren't afraid to trade their prospects, but I think they know they got such a, a, a crap deal with the Chicago White Sox getting rid of most of their top guys that they had to hold on at least one, but now they got one of the top five guys in Robles. Uh, number six, the one of the bigger leaps, again, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Does that name sound familiar to you? Of course it does. It's Vladimir Guerrero's son, uh, good old Jr. himself. He's only 18 years old, 
and I am lucky enough to have had the chance to see him play. Uh, his team, the Lugnuts, the single low A for the Blue Jays, made a trip to Kane County, and ooh, Vladi's power. It's real, baby. That's that's the big talk, as, as expected, is that offensively, um, he's extremely powerful. It's very natural, as some like to say. He only has seven home runs, but that only means so much. Every time he makes contact, you know, it's a rocket off the bat. I would love to see his stat cast about, you know, how fast uh, his velocity is coming off that bat and always seems to be hitting the wall, getting doubles, or doesn't really have the speed for triples, but always getting uh, extra base hits and is going to be a good talent for the Blue Jays in the future. He's only 18. He's only 18 years old. We can't forget that. So he's got plenty of time, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Blue Jays call him up in about two seasons. Uh, so he'll be about 20 years old when he makes his MLB debut. That sounds about right. Moving on to number seven is Eloy Jimenez. Again, another White Sox prospect who we just saw get traded from the north side to the south side, and we've talked plenty about him. So moving on to number eight. Here is one of the more interesting ones of the Atlanta Braves. It's Ronald Acuna. Acuna, if you don't know, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't know enough about him. Of course, I knew the name. But as I looked more into him, I was like, well, why is he a top 10 player? Why is he number eight? Uh, he, you know, he jumped over everyone. If you don't know, if you want to talk about the 2016 top 100 list, Acuna wasn't even on it. He was not even on it, despite the fact that he was signed in 2014. So he clearly could have been a top 100 prospect by then, but but wasn't. But he's impressed enough this season to make this much of a jump to be considered a, a top 10 talent for the Atlanta Braves. He was actually considering he wasn't not only just not on the top 100 list last year in the Atlanta Braves system, he was considered the 18th best prospect last season, going into last season. But now in this season is considered their number one prospect as of right now. Uh, the outfielder signed in 2014 again uh, this season. This is, let me just put it to you this way. He started the year at high A, played 28 games there before he got promoted to double A, played 57 games there before he got promoted to triple A. Anytime a prospect can move from single A to triple A within one season, that says a lot. No major league team is going to have a player make that big of a leap in one single season so fast unless they know he's legitimately moving that fast and almost ready for the big leagues. Of course, he's not ready just yet, but by next season, Acuna is looking like he's going to be ready. I'll just read off some of his overall numbers for this season. So in 105 games, has six, or excuse me, 131 hits, 23 doubles, seven triples, so he's got some speed, 16 homers, he's got some power, 59 driven in, 34 walks, 114 strikeouts. Of course, that's the one knock on him. He strikes out a little bit too much, but nothing he can't work on. The kid's 19 years old, may I add. Uh, a 315 average. And let's see, what's his on, on base percentage? 368 on base percentage, 519 slugging, and an 887 OPS. Those are some damn good numbers to be traveling from single A to triple A. And it's not like he dominated trip or single A so much that those numbers overwhelmed the overall numbers. These numbers have been consistent throughout single A, double A, and triple A. 
That is clearly the reason that Acuna has made such a big jump into the top 10 of the top 100 prospects. Uh, and at this point, I, I can't deny it, it's well-deserved. Number nine, one of my favorite prospects currently, Brendan Rodgers of the Rockies. Uh, I, Of course, I'm going to argue that he should be even higher. I believe he's a top five prospect currently right now, but I'm not going to complain about a guy being number nine. Uh, he's had a, a tremendous season, and the Rockies should be so excited. The only concern, of course, is that the fact that Trevor Story is currently playing shortstop, and that guy, oh, I don't know, Nolan Arenado is at third base. So Brendan Rodgers... Uh, is probably going to have to find himself at second base more than anything once he does finally get the call, but it doesn't matter. He's got 17 homers on the year, 57 driven in, a 346 average with a 381 on base percentage. I absolutely love what Brendan Rodgers brings because he is an overall player. Uh, if you, you if you've listened to previous episodes, you know how much I like this kid, and I truly believe he's going to be uh, making an immediate impact for the Rockies, especially considering. The Rockies are doing so well right now. They might call, give him a September call-up. I imagine they will. Uh, I don't know. I don't think he'll stick around for a wild card game or anything like that. But you never know. You know, if a guy impresses enough, he's 20 years old. Uh, so, of course, another young, another young gun. Moving on to number 10 is Kyle Tucker of the Houston Astros. Uh, he leapfrogs Derek Fisher as the number one prospect in the Houston organization. Really was expecting him to get traded by the deadline at first, but then uh, the Astros, I really wasn't a fan of what they did at the deadline. You could go watch that live video. Uh, I do think they needed to make at least one move probably, even though, of course, their record says otherwise, and I get it. Stand put. Why not? Your team's been doing so great. But I just didn't see any reason to not move Kyle Tucker, but they, they like their prospects too much. So if Kyle Tucker is that good and they really believe that, then fine. Hold on to him because he's not worth trading for a starting pitcher. We'll see about that, though. And rounding off the hitters in the top 11 list is Nick, Nick Senzel. Uh, finally, finally he gets the jump. He's one of the guys I wanted to talk to as well. I was going to discuss who's made the bigger leaps, as you've already heard me mention a couple names. And what I'll get to in just a second here is who's made the drop. You know, when there's good, there's bad. It, you know, it goes back and forth. But Nick Senzel... The second overall pick from the 2016 draft. When he was drafted, we knew the kid had probably the best raw talent seen in quite some time. Uh, and he's been showing it. He has 312 average, 8 home runs, 50 driven in, 119 hits, 86 Ks to go along with 36 walks, uh, and currently stands at double A. Nick Senzel is going to be, I think, a cornerstone player for the Cincinnati Reds once he finally gets the call. Hopefully Joey Votto, you know, could take him under the wing and teach him the teach him the ways of the pros. So we'll see. And then, like I said, again, uh, then it begins the pitchers of Kopik, Walker Bueller, and Brent Honeywell. And I'm not gonna go through the entire top hundred list. So if you want to check it out, go ahead, go to MLB Pipeline uh, and see all the updates. They also updated the top thirty of each individual organization as well. So go ahead, see how your team stands, where their farm systems are, and what guys to be looking forward to, and send us your questions. If you have any questions about individual players or just your team in general, uh, go ahead and send them our way. Again, uh, email is diamondintheroughpodcast, at Diamond in the Rough Podcast. almost forgot our email, diamondintheroughpodcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and do that. Uh, Yoan Mankata, he's number one right now, but he we saw he just got the call up, which is exciting, uh, which means his time on this list 
is about done, which means Ahmed Rosario will take over as the number one prospect in the majors. Rightfully so. And yeah, rightfully so. I can't complain about that. Uh, Torres was number two, but I think Rosario has had a better season so far to where, in the minors at least, to where he deserves that spot. Bang of 328, seven homers, 58 driven in, and you know the New York Mets. They need him right now. Jose Reyes is a train wreck, in my opinion. The New York Mets are a train wreck if we really want to go into it. Uh, but hey, don't be, don't at me, Mets fans. Don't at me. So those are some of my thoughts on the top guys in the top 100 list, the new midseason top 100 list, rather. Uh, how's about falls? Who fell? Uh, there's a number of players who fell off the top 100 list, and a couple of players. Uh, I've already, actually, you know what? Before I get into those, a couple more. I already talked about some of my favorite guys moving up, Nick Senzel. Uh, Walker Bueller, I've already mentioned his name once or twice. Well deserved. He, you know, he, people were worried about him because of injuries, but here he is performing very well uh, and on his way. He's now the 13th best prospect in the majors. And Ronald Acuna, who makes the biggest leap out of anyone on this list, so good for him. Not even being on the list, now being the eighth best prospect. One more that I do want to discuss. Another player that I was lucky enough to watch play is Bo Bichette. He is teammates with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So, yes, he is in the Toronto Blue Jays system. He was not on this list last season. He was a second-round pick in 2016. Let me ask you a question. Bo Bichette. The name sounds familiar, doesn't it? Of course it is. We have Vladimir Guerrero Jr., son of Vladimir Guerrero. And we have Bo Bichette, son of all former All-Star Dante Bichette. So, the Blue Jays. You know, getting that next generation uh, of all-stars in their system. And so far, they've, you know, they, they look as good as their fathers. Uh, the only difference is Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you know, you could tell. He looks a lot like Vladi out there with his natural power. Bo Bichette, however, Dante, if you remember, was a power hitter over in Colorado uh, who could hit 30, 40 home runs in this season. But Bo really isn't that. Now, Bo can hit home runs. But Bo, the thing I was most impressed with him, first off, he's an, an intense competitor. You know, you could say that about a lot of guys, but uh, seeing a number of single-A teams come through Kane County and seeing, you know, uh, an abundance of players, Bo Bichette is one of the first ones that sticks out who he wants to win. And he, he wants to be that guy driving in that game-winning run. And he, he's got the talent to do it. The guy's batting a 390 uh, currently, uh, he's played. He did get the call up, by the way. He's now in high A, um, no longer with the lug nuts, the Lansing lug nuts, where he spent most of this season. But he does lead all of single A players with a 390 average, 11 homers, 62 driven in, 143 hits, 18 stolen bases to go along with just 64 Ks. He doesn't strike out a whole bunch and a 35 walks. So this guy, unlike his father, isn't going to be a, a 3100 guy necessarily. But he is going to be a leadoff hitter you can count on day in and day out. And we see how important leadoff hitters these days. And I think Bo Bichette is the future leadoff guy for the Toronto Blue Jays, followed by Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who's going to be batting third or fourth. So the Blue Jays have some of the better names coming up uh, hitting-wise. And Bo Bichette is another guy who's on the rise. And I was very excited to see that he is number 30 currently on the top 100 list. 
and he's only 19 years old. Um, again, 19 and 18 for these two guys. It's incredible. Uh, just another guy I was really excited about on the move up. But how's about the guys on the move down? We got to talk about them. We got to talk about them. Three in particular that I want to highlight. A guy who I have thought very highly of over the past season. I still do, but he is struggling this year. And it is Chicago White Sox, White Sox prospect Lucas Giolito. Going into last year, Giolito was the number three prospect, the best pitching prospect uh, considering. And there was a lot of hope for him. Of course, he get traded with the Adam Eaton trade to the White Sox. And now he's in AAA Charlotte, where he just hasn't been that great. He had one really good game. What, he throw a a seven-inning no-hitter, was it, I believe, or something, something of that nature. But other than that game, he has a 4.95 ERA and 21 games started. 4-10 410 record, of course, that doesn't mean much. 111 inning, innings pitched with 114 strikeouts. Now, the thing I do like that I'm seeing is that he's simply playing. Giolito, plenty of injury problems in the past, uh, including having to go under the knife for Tommy John surgery, uh, which is why his stock has dropped a little bit over the years, but then it rose back up, and now he's dropping once again. <laughs> Uh, but the 6'6 monster still has a great fastball and a very powerful curveball. It does seem, I did I was able to watch a, a few games with him pitching, it does seem that his fastball has lost maybe a tick or two. I hate to see that because I'm not seeing it live, of course, but just going off completely the radar gun, that's what it seems. So he's still not completely off the list or anything, and he's still someone everyone's excited about and looking forward to seeing in the pros. But uh, so far in AAA... He definitely could be doing better, which is why he makes a drop. Other than him, a couple others to highlight. Jose De Leon, another guy that I definitely liked going into the 2016 season. He was the 33rd best prospect. Now is the number 97 prospect. So is just hanging on to being in that top 100 list. Of course, this doesn't mean anything to those guys, but of course we get to discuss it. But De Leon, um, he's really been all over the place. It kind of seems he's been in low A, he's been in high A, he's been in triple A. Uh, I believe he's had a couple injury problems. He's only had eight games under his belt for the entire season. Um, And he's 24 years old. Yeah, he's currently on a rehab assignment actually right now, which is why he's in single A. Um, I was expecting to see him this year as were most, which is why it's kind of disappointing. And of course, we did see him in one game. Uh, He only pitched... Two and two-thirds innings where he gave up a home run, walked three, and struck out two. So his first appearance with the Tampa Bay Rays was pretty miserable. And, of course, De Leon was traded earlier this year uh, for Logan Forsythe of the Dodgers. And now De Leon, not the same thing. Injury troubles, you know, probably the biggest reason that he's made such a big drop. Uh, But also I think his age hasn't helped because this was supposed to be the season that he took off and was supposed to help the Dodgers. Um, maybe even at the back of that rotation, who knows if De Leon, or excuse me, the Tampa Bay Rays rather, um, Tampa Bay Rays, as they continue to make a push to try to make a wild card berth, he was supposed to be that guy at the back of the rotation who really helped. And so far they haven't been able to do that, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sell him out yet just because of injuries as well. Uh, 24 years old though. 
starting to look like he's on the downfall. We'll see. But he's another guy that makes a drop. One more to highlight uh, someone who was just traded. Jorge Mateo. Of course, one of the bigger parts of the trade with the New York Yankees that sent Sonny Gray to the Yankees. And Mateo was one of the bigger pieces to go to the A's along with Dustin Fowler. Jorge Mateo, what I really like about him, what everyone really likes about him, is his speed. The guy is super fast. I mean, there's it's, a, it's as simple as that. He's been compared to even Billy Hamilton's speed, which if that's the truth, he's, gonna, he's going to steal about 60 bases a year. But you got to get on base for that to happen. And I don't think he's getting enough credit. This season, I mean, he's done an all right job. If I'm not mistaken, he spent most of his time in double A, rather, and it's, I'm not ready. He completely got off the top 100 list, by the way. This is why I'm bringing him up. He was number 18 going into 2016. So the 18th best prospect in the entire majors going into last season now isn't even on the top 100 list. Uh, he was one of the Yankees' top five guys. He ended up going all the way down to being their eighth guy in their top 30 list. Now in Oakland, here he is. Uh, and with Oakland, he's considered their fifth best prospect. But let's look at the the overall numbers, uh, just to just to just to talk about it. Let's see. So overall, a two fifty eight average definitely could be better. However, I do want to highlight that in Double A, thirty games spent in Double A with the New York Yankees did bat a three hundred. So he found some success there on base percentage overall is a three seventeen. So yeah, it does need to be better. Uh, of course, you need to see the guy get on base more. And he has 39 stolen bases on the year. So the speed is definitely real. But he's definitely one of the bigger gets for the Oakland A's and the Sunny Gray list. However, according to MLB Pipeline, at least, this guy has dropped majorly over the last season. 22 years old, signed in 2012. Um, I would still, if if this was me making the list, you know, you know what do I know? But if I if it was me making the list, Mateo is still a top hundred guy. Maybe I, I I agree with the fact that he's not you know an 18th, you know a top 20 prospect anymore. But I, I do believe he still has something to offer. And again, not really willing to write him off just yet. So all three guys I mentioned, I'm not willing to write off just yet. But I tend to be more optimistic than pessimistic, and than pessimistic in most of these situations. So those are some of my thoughts. Um, also something to note as well is the load of international players that are dominating this top hundred list. Now, what does that say? Now that says something. I'm not going to go out there and say that the top 11 players all being hitters means too much. I just think that just happens to be a coincidence. Uh, but the fact that most of them are international signings, I think says something. Let's see here. Yeah. The first guy to hit this list as a draft player and not an international signing is Brendan Rodgers at number nine, uh, who was drafted in 2015. All these other guys in the top eight of this top hundred prospect list, all of them international signings. And if you continue to go down the list, there's plenty more of them as well. So that means maybe, maybe some MLB teams need to pay a little more attention to using their money correctly to get international players. Uh, we just saw the White Sox sign Luis uh, Robert, and who knows what how good he's going to be. I believe he currently sits at 26th on the top 100 list, if I'm not mistaken. So maybe teams need to, of course, they need to still focus on the draft. 
and get as much talent as they can in the 40 rounds, but maybe they need to pay a little more close attention to the international signings and get their players that way because clearly some of the best young guns in the league right now are from all over the world, which is also great to see. You know, it's great to see that internationally the game of baseball is so big, you know, especially areas like Cuba and Venezuela and so on and so on forth. Though it's exciting to see, uh, but just something else to note about the the new top 100 list, mid-season list. Of course, it's gonna change again. It's it's never it's you know it's never ending. It's always changing. Uh, by the end of the season, we'll have a brand new list come the start of next season. And, you know, it, it, players will drop off, players will rise up. We'll see by then. But you've heard some of my favorites on uh, some of the guys that are that are dropping and some of my thoughts on the trade. So I appreciate you listening. Go ahead again, follow us on Twitter at diamond podcast, like us on Facebook, watch my live video, ask questions, comments, whatever you want. Uh, just type in diamond, the rough podcast. You'll find us on there. And of course, send us email at diamond, the rough podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you could follow me at Ostrowski, Sam, follow Dan Collins. Uh, again, Sam Ostrowski flying solo for this episode, but go ahead and give Dan a follow. At tweet Dan Collins, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that's his Twitter handle. I'm not looking at it. Um, more exciting stuff. I always say it. More exciting stuff to come on the podcast, but there is actually. I will leak something to you. The next time you will see an episode or just a little blurb or whatever you want to call it on the Blog Talk Radio or iTunes, however you prefer to listen, is in another interview we got coming up. And I'm very excited to announce that we will have another. Player in the majors, he, he's passed the, the minor system, on with us, and it's going to be Brock Stewart of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, Brock recently has been the replacement for Clank Kershaw since Kershaw went on the DL, and Brock's been getting all the starts. He's actually starting tonight, if I'm not mistaken, so stay tuned for that. Very, very exciting. We'll have plenty of questions for him. If you have questions for Brock, actually, go ahead and email it to us. We would love to ask. Keep it appropriate. Actually, it's a podcast. Screw it. Ask us whatever you want. And we'll ask him. I'm sure he'll be cool with it. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening. Sam Ostrowski again here. Follow us on all the, the social media. Send us your questions, blah, 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 blah. You've heard it all. Thanks for listening. Episode 21 of the Diamond in the Rough podcast. We'll see you next time with Brock Stewart of the Los Angeles Dodgers.